live in front of a studio audience, it's The Side Quest Live in front of everybody here at PAX East. Hey, Boston, how's it going? This is our panel. We are so happy to have you guys back in front of us. I'm Dolly Domofsky. Joining me over here is Taylor Bliss as I cover my face. Taylor. The person below me is Sam Dixon. Exactly. He's muted. This person right there, Zach Quest. He's on the nice hairstyle that you might all recognize from uh, our okay. panel. Yes. Showed up looking. Listen, for I could do that too if I had that much hair left. Yeah, same here. Same here. I put, I put Sam in the top left just because. Just because. That's because he has the most hair out of all of us. <laughs> That's true. How y'all doing? Super good. If we're still uh, live from PAX East, uh, why haven't, much like the uh, uh, lobby upstairs, why haven't they asked us to leave the convention center? Uh, they <laughs> have, they actually, have, repeatedly. not leaving. <laughs> it's more of a sit-in at this point. <laughs> I love it. It's more of a sit-in, one might say. Uh, you guys, uh, it, it's... It was a fun, a really fun time over at PAX East. I, I continue to say it, but it definitely was um, just such a freaking awesome time meeting tons of people there. Lots of our, lots of our fan that, uh, that showed up. Um, no, we had a lot of folks come to the panel. Uh, thank you again to Sarah and Matt for, for joining us today. You can find the panel on sidequestion.com and on our YouTube page. Uh, 789, which was just a wonderful panel. You, uh, We recorded an awesome podcast there. We met a lot of a lot of awesome devs, played a lot of awesome games. And that's what we're going to spend the majority of today talking about, finishing up all those games that we watched. However, there were a couple notes, going like this, a couple notes, a couple things uh, that we did want to chat about um, that was popping off uh, uh, news-wise. And I thought maybe... Might be worth might be worth chatting about a little bit, um, and uh, so I figure we can we can maybe maybe start there. JJ is not with us. He is. Uh, he, he passed. He, he passed. He passed. <laughs> JJ is not <laughs> not with us. Yeah, he passed on. He passed on to a nap. Yeah, he He's passed sleeping. on the opportunity to be here. In the he passed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, he he has the packs pot. It seems like it. Um, the poor dude uh, picked up something probably on the plane actually on the way back because uh, none of us got anything uh, while uh, while we were there. So pour, pour one out, pour one out for JJ. I'll be pouring one of these out in my mouth in a little bit here, but uh, uh, pour one out for JJ for now. But also um, maybe maybe pour one out for E3 oh. uh, because yeah. uh, though it's not official. Um, ain't looking good. <clears throat> ain't looking good. Uh, as of, let's see, I think it was Monday that I posted this. Or maybe it was, I don't even know the dates anymore. Everything's all mixed up. Uh, Ubisoft announced Monday that they were backing out of E3. Sorry, guys. We are not uh, not going to make it. Um, we're going to have. Uh, we will, to... however, make it to our press conference-like show that we're having that yeah. week. <laughs> across the street. <laughs> Also it be, really is across the street. Yeah, yeah. We will somehow also be in the same state and city that E3 is happening in, but we won't be a part yeah. of E3. <laughs> no news to share there, though. Exactly. No news to share. No, so they're uh, 
yeah, they're going to be hosting their own UB Forward, uh, no, UB Forward, in person, um, literally in the same plaza, essentially in the same plaza as as uh, E3. But um, what's interesting is they backed out on Monday, and then Tuesday we had uh, Sega and um, Tencent backed out. And, uh, and Devolver. And Devolver. Devolver's never been there, so they it, it's nothing they, for them. They've always done their own little showcase oh, only. Yeah. Yeah, but they've they've been like E three adjacent, even though they're they not have, like yeah. you know, they were like, they were across the street at E three every year. It was great because you get down at the show floor and you're like, you know what? I'm hungry and thirsty. Time to stop by Devolver. I'm gonna stop by Devolver across the street and get a burger and a hot dog and a beer uh, if I'm if you're old enough and uh, for the hot dog and then uh, you know hang out, play some indie games, cool games, and then head back into the show floor. That ain't happening this year. Uh, I mean, Devolver hasn't been at E3 since like 2018, I think, actually. Um, so it's not like it's a new thing for them. Uh, it, but uh, it's still not good that even they are not showing up. Of course, again, this follows Nintendo not being there. We knew Microsoft wasn't necessarily going to be on the show floor because they haven't been. Sony wasn't going to be there. But when Nintendo pulled out, um, no pun intended, uh, it was sure. a bad, yeah, total pun intended. That was the first really bad sign. <clears throat> Since then, you're just getting this domino effect of, of folks leaving, not, not showing up to E3. Now, uh, that news broke on Monday, the Ubisoft. The gall of E3 Tuesday morning replying to people. It's like, hey, don't worry. We're going to have your creator tickets and all that stuff ready any any minute now to, to go. We're working on it. Public tickets. We're working on it. But don't worry, guys. DoorDash Gaming is going to be there. Uh <clears throat> Which they are DoorDash Gaming, and, um, they did not help us out at e- at PAX East this year. Excedrin last year was the the winner, um, but uh, yeah, it's not looking good. I have talked to my sources, which are people with who were planning around E3 that are a little pissed right now, um, and they're pissed. So the issue, <clears throat> the issues, there's several levels of this issue. Well, obviously, the the the, the COVID stuff the COVID stuff, you know, you've heard of it. It's still there. Um, working remote, uh, dev team is getting up to speed, trying to understand what the expos are going to be like. PAX East last year showed that expos um, can happen. CES this year showed that expos can happen. PAX West was huge. PAX East was sold out. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and four-day badges, we found out, sold out at PAX East, which is pretty awesome. Granted, they may have not had uh, listed as many tickets as the past, uh, but they still sold out. Now, Reed Pop uh, help put, helps put on packs or puts on packs these packs west. I say they do a little bit more than just help. They just do a little more <laughs> <than> help, <laughs> and they were tasked to do E3. Reed Pop can handle multiple, as they've shown, multiple not only gaming expos but massive expos. I think they do like just a majority of the expos that you know on. I think they're doing C2E2 and some other ones too. Um, so they handle a lot of these things uh, and they know what they're doing. So E3 should have been a slam dunk. So I'm wondering if it's not <clears throat> Reed Pop. I think it's their fault. You you do think or you don't think? I, I don't. It's like, I feel like it's the ESA still having mm-hmm. their hands, sure. hands involved. Because I mean, like, Readpop has proven that they've been able to do this. So it's like, if it's failing, 
like there's only one other outlier there and it's the ESA probably trying to, you know, intrude and be like, how do we wring as much money out of these plebeians as we can or whatever? They booth they space say. is super cheap this year too. It's um <laughs> it's kind of on par with PAX East. Like you could get an E3 booth for like three grand, which is pretty amazing, especially for indie devs that are trying to get uh yeah, it's going. It's really cheap, you know. Um, it's so yeah. I'm in. I'm in agreement with I, you, and I think it's. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Taylor. I did, no, I was just gonna chime in. Say that I think at the end of the day, Repop joined too late in the cycle yes. in order yeah. in order to be able to bring in anything of real value of change mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. to sway the fate of this year's show. Um, it would have had mm-hmm. to happen, like. It with at minimum the full year's worth of pre uh what's the word I'm looking for um worth of preparation time in order to yep. make it to make it work. You you spend at least six months prepping the physical portion of it. You spend the other six months prepping the business side of it to get mm-hmm. you know to make sure that everybody's on board. And, and so when you bring, I mean, when did they when did they announce that Repop was was in on it? September. He, <laughs> I mean, the, like the your crucial two like as soon as E three ends, yeah. it is like you're 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 literally Every in year. that phase of like, oh hey, we had a great time at E three. Let's talk about next year and get you on board. Like that's happening right yeah. then. It's not. It's not like the last three months is when no. The, if if that hasn't already been secured, it's too late. So. The three months that follows the conclusion of E3 are arguably some of the most important portions of time where you're solidifying the following year's entrance and and participants in the show. So CES, uh, I'm getting emails for CES 2024 already right now. It's like, hey, thanks for coming to CES 2023. Get your name ready to apply to CES 2024. We're already looking for, you know, so. They're on it. Um, When you get a company in so late, like ReadPop, that it's an issue. And then ReadPop can't juggle whatever the ESA's demands are. ReadPop has to plan a show from scratch, try to figure out what's going on. Look at the economic environment. Uh, I do believe that E3 handles their own communications. Um, Hey, Playland, how's it going? I believe that E3 handles their own social media communications and their communications to publishers because uh, ReadPop is not the main um, organizer. I mean, they're the, they're the biggest part of this this thing, but it's still ESA, right? <clears throat> uh, whereas PAX East and PAX and all those other things, it's ReadPop. So um, uh, where was I going to track one? Yeah, no, so you're, you're coming in late. You're trying to, the, you know, from a social media standpoint, PAX East, communicated all the time with emails the website was it's it's a little bit it's it's definitely a little bit tougher when your client for putting on the show is a lobbyist organization yeah Um, for sure it's 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 uh, there are uh stakes at play which are not that of a (laughs) i mean you know no offense to give a take of of a web comics uh company Um, right that's at the end of the day that's what pax is so um yeah no, as I say, I've spoken to um, some PR folks and some folks at publishers who are planning things. This is where I was kind of going with this. <clears throat> they're they're pissed 
they're not in love with Keeley's thing because they're not because um, that's kind of its own. We won't go into the love hate relationship with Jeff <laughs> stuff right now, but in the industry, <clears throat> but point, it's, point me the, in the direction of where the love there. portion is. Yeah, it, but it's the only one that's really sort of set up. Jeff knows how to do his shit, uh, and um, uh, E three. Fortunately, fortunately, yeah, he knows how to do his shit. Um, E three has been really bad. Uh, uh, the ESA has been really bad in communicating with people. Booth, you know, floor space, that kind of stuff, um, notwithstanding. But uh, and so folks are right now, <clears throat> there is no understanding amongst all the attendees of what's going on. And that communication comes likely comes from E3, the ESA, and not necessarily ReadPop, because <clears throat> the one publisher that I spoke to, and this is, this is hot off the presses, one pub that I spoke to said that they had planned to be out at E3. Uh, and now that everybody's falling out, they they had two big games to come and debut at the sh- at the floor, up to four, because they were sort of part doing a little bit of a partner program with someone. So they have four, let's say potentially four big games to showcase, brand new games, plus some of the stuff they have in in, uh, in the works. And they're, I mean, this is like it's eleven fifty nine p.m. with fifty nine seconds before you need to decide. And at this point. It's a lot of money because you have two months. Uh, April is right here, and then you got May and June. You have two months to get booths developed, to uh, get people um, visas if they have to fly over, travel visas, because there's still a lot of the uh, the health and security and visas, and all that kind of stuff that needs to go in, to get uh, <clears throat> uh, room, rooms booked, and none of them know what's going on, so they're all upset. So, yeah, this, this one dev, again, the one publisher said that they – they're looking now to just get an offsite somewhere. They're still going to be there, um, but they're going to just get an offsite, get a hotel room uh, or a, uh, a hotel convention, you know, just a, a banquet hall space and say, hey, show up in the lobby of this hotel and we'll show you some games. Um, because that's uh, <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at right now. I, I Personally, I think E3 just needs to scale down. They need... Um, it, the rumor was that I had heard from other sources was that they're going to announce th- this week if it's a go or no go. Uh, and so they're probably talking to the uh, publishers and the uh, people who have uh, the vendors and the, you know, the, the folks who have gotten booths and giving them the heads up first before they make that full announcement to the public. But when you have everybody dropping out, I think that's kind of the sign right there. It's a bummer, <clears throat> but there's still going to be stuff happening there from Thursday. You got Keeley's thing uh, Friday. Ooh. Are the are the the play days, whatever he you know. Those are those days for those things. Uh, Microsoft has Xbox on Sunday, <clears throat> and um, with hands-on stuff, I believe Sunday and Monday and maybe Tuesday, uh, hands-on stuff. And then Ubisoft is Monday, and then I think Future Game Show is going to be that Monday as well um, with their live stream. And there are actually, I've heard of you know a very popular Japanese um, publisher that we all know that I'm not going to say. Um, who, but uh, they're going to have a potential live stream. Oh, <clears throat> exactly. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's so weird. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people will say you could do everything now with a live stream. You can do everything live stream. To the consumer, yes. To the, on the business side, it's it's been it's been, a, it's been a few weeks since we've had this exact conversation, yeah. so we should probably redo it. We should redo it because... We just had a quick in-person 
offsite thing at PAX East where we met some cool devs. We made some connections. Uh, and that was just getting beers, right? And those are the kinds of things, again, that you can't make on, you can't do beers online. You can't just like spin a Rolodex, like I'm going to talk to this, uh, Argentine, this, uh, Argentinian, um, developer out of the blue for no reason. You know, those are the kind of things that you do find on show floors. You find them in, in lobbies and bars and stuff around E3. So <clears throat> the in-person stuff is important and it's going to be really weird again to not to not have that but that's how we have packs so it's uh, it's uh, yeah we're gonna find out this week and we'll figure out what what happens there um as you said one of those companies that won't be uh at e3 that we know for sure is nintendo um darn darn they haven't been there for how how long now they yeah. were uh, they were the last like when the, weren't they like the first out oh. Nintendo, no, yeah. Xbox and Sony were the first out. We're the first, really? yeah, because yeah, they said they weren't going to be there. Nintendo's like, yeah, we're not going to go either. No, um, I think Taylor's just saying about like the whole thing, like overall, like maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm because I'm pretty sure Nintendo was the first to be like, hey, we're doing our own own thing. We'll oh, have show, uh, show floor press. presence, but no, Nintendo always had that show floor presence. Um, yeah, but like. Press conference, the, they the just press conference went away. Yeah. yeah, the press conference went away. Um, anyways, well, what I'm uh, thinking of. speaking of uh, Nintendo, they showcased Zoldar. Uh, yeah, speaking of how <laughs> is it, <laughs> how messed up is it that Nintendo has combined combined with Pokemon the biggest booth of PAX East <laughs> yeah. and does not have this as what they bring to the fucking show? Doesn't have this or Pikmin. Or uh, Kirby, which launched earlier. Dude, it's straight up. It's or, straight up mean. Or Advance Wars. They, they had they had a photo new. op a photo op with Link, who was too big, uh, for the way record. Way yeah. <laughs> they did um, have Mario and Luigi were there in the Mario van. Which they were also like, way too big. Like imagine, big. imagine they could have had a whole booth that was just all it did was exclusively show this ten minute trailer. And it would have captivated captured the entire show floor for the whole week. So um, they could have, but that would have that would have meant spending money to develop a booth. The Nintendo versus Arcade would it a, have? Yeah, because they probably I don't know if they have anything for this game set up. The Nintendo versus Arcade uh, was the oh I'm, not, I'm literally talking about playing arcade. this video, Dally. I'm not oh, talking oh, about oh, playing the okay. game. Gotcha. You like gotcha. literally they could have all they had to do was have a like e an even another booth that all it did was be like, you guys are the first ones to see this video. Sure. Yep, yep, yep. I and I, it, I can, I can imagine. That, yep. Anyway. Imagine that. No, no. No. Yeah, I, no, I, I, Nintendo would never do that because they're obsessed with control. They want to control are. the message. That's why they wanted you everything. to they wanted us to play Yoshi's crafted world, uh <laughs> the original Super style. Mario Brothers, and uh yeah, that's just really And weird. also, yeah, I would weird. assume that uh, Nintendo might be kind of scared to let like people play this game just due to like the amount of like stuff you can Secrets do. In it. And stuff in they don't, like, they don't want find, people so, to do something somebody, that isn't like PR, like good. Yeah. Like, oh, I so somebody's going to break stupid. the shit out of it. They're going to break the yeah, shit out yeah. of it the second they get mm -hmm. in their hands. Um, they 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 no. they watched <laughs> they've watched how people have fucked with Breath of the Wild as <laughs> Breath of the Wild's. And they it's been out terrified. for six years at this point. So they know what everybody's capable of. And they're like, no, nobody's touching this game before we re release it. 
And May. nobody's going to so t- touch this game until May. Um, I will say, uh, just speaking of this game right now, the um, and we're just going to just cover this super briefly because we haven't even really talked about it. They showed some of the new. Uh, they finally showed some of the the, the gameplay mechanics that are going to be different in this game, which was uh, fuse, which um, can take items that you have as well as like items you find and fuse them Very together, cool. put them into, which is really cool. You can make meat arrows. Um, which you're going to find out. <clears throat> and then you have Ultra Hand, which is, by the way, the Cheeky the Name. Lamest fucking it. name. <laughs> it's it's, it's named away. after that uh, the, from the 1960s, Nintendo's Ultra Hand, which I think is a cool way to uh, to give homage to that uh, the original Gunpei Yokoi uh, product. The product that made Nintendo famous in the West was the Ultra Hand, <clears throat> well before the NES. Um, as, as many people that play Breath of the Wild, I'm sure will remember. Exactly. I had They're no clue, so thanks <laughs> for the... Yeah, neither, no, did, uh... neither did I, and I'm <laughs> significantly closer to the demographic that it should care. So this uh, that uh, ability allows you to take big things outside and um, stick them together and adjust them. So like you'll see in a little bit here, you can take logs. Wait, hold take... on. That boulder is small now. Yeah, it shrinks it. Look at that. <clears throat> um, that's the power Lame. of magic in Hyrule. Uh, but they made a How boulder. How big is uh, he? A boulder sword, <laughs> a boulder stick. Yeah, how big is he? Um, and, and you can go through like s- ceilings and stuff, and you can float to do a bunch of other things, reverse time. But I'm, uh, I'm, I cannot wait to see the videos of of people making dicks with um, sticks, boulders, and uh, they're gonna make the twig. Literally gonna make dicks Twiggy on beams. wheels with spikes on them just to, yeah. to fuck moblins because you know that's going to happen you're going to have a a giant just a murderous this is kind of cool they take the other pitchfork and they make a super this is the hand. moment so i knew the game was safe yeah, you know, yeah. I, this is the moment where i was like oh okay so they're allowing us to get goofy okay cool yeah. like that's where i was just sold I was like, okay they're just gonna it makes it yeah crazy. when 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 you saw exactly how long the pitchfork <laughs> was yeah, yeah. Yes. And you're gonna be able to make that sucker really long. Like you can make that probably like five trees in length. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, there you go. You make a meter. Um, no, I'm super excited. And I think with this game, <clears throat> Nintendo with Breath of the Wild, Nintendo gave a gave people a few things. And I don't think Nintendo realized what the public would do with those tools. Uh, and this game, though the though things look similar, I think graphically it's. At best, it's only moderately better. Um, but yeah. uh, I think what's really cool is Nintendo has. I to see. Create... I see almost no improvements. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't. Think a, I think Nintendo put a lot into setting up the, the world for the technology to say, "All right, yeah. have fun with everything you're going to do because we know you're going to go." Cra- hey, kids, you like Minecraft? Um, you can Minecraft shit in this. There are going to be people making towers and forts and all kinds of stuff in this. Forts on wheels that are moving around and blowing things up. And I think that's actually really cool. And so it doesn't look uh, like wholesale changes to the world. I mean, we haven't really seen the, the world map. Um, there are obviously these islands, and I'm sure there's going to be uh, underground. It's the big rumor <clears throat> based on the very first de- the very first trailer. But um, Nintendo said, hey, we're going to allow people to have a lot of fun with the crafting process. But that also means we're not going to go haywire with the rest of the world because too much shit can break if you start doing that. So I think it's really cool. I'm I'm pretty excited for the possibilities well, here, of this. It's so discoverable now. 
here's what's going to happen. We're going to get another 10 minute trailer. And because the old, because like the old powers from Breath of the Wild 1 aren't with Link anymore. They're with Zelda. She's the one who has the Sheikah Slate and stuff. We're going to get another trailer that shows off that aspect of it. Because there has to be an aspect with her. Because yeah. she, in the trailer, she's trapped underground, or she's under, she's under there at some point. She has a Sheikah Slate. There has to be something sure. with that. Yeah. Cause they're not gonna they're not gonna get rid of that whole mechanic from the first Agreed. game with like the ice and the stasis and all of that. And bombs, right? Even the bombs. The bombs, yeah. So like it's just it's already in the game, and I know Nintendo's smart enough to not just throw that away, especially for a Zelda game. So I don't know. Like I'm right I'm here, pretty uh positive that yeah. we're gonna get Zelda stuff. Um yep. But also, I wanted to say I'm. I was pretty impressed with how seamless it is, like the transition between the ground mm. and the earth, and the sky. When he's it's jumping pretty, out of there, yeah, Fortnite style jump from the sky. Yeah, the it's pretty cool how seamless that is, and I feel I, that's what I feel like Nintendo had to focus on is figuring out how to like how do we get no loading screens between these like yeah. huge huge uh, zones. Yeah, so the, that's, there was definitely some technical achievements that 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 got handled <laughs> what's kind of interesting is you can see the sun moving in this uh which is kind of cool the shadows are adjusting to the uh growing to the sun um yeah i'm pretty stoked uh i mean it's to me this is going to be the top selling exclusive game of the year i think hands down i don't really know of any other um in any other I don't last really know of us part other. one pc there you go did you see the sales numbers for last of us part one like jumped like crazy obviously we know why but uh yeah anyway, so Zelda coming out in May. Uh, they showed the finally showed the OLED uh, Zelda console and the that badass looking pro controller, which I ordered because that's graphically graphic design standpoint. That pro controller is beautiful. But uh, yeah, Zelda coming out in May. So I don't want to look. I don't want to watch too much stuff of it because. Uh, like, Did you notice that there's like there's like a, I mean there's like that tiny jank when he's putting the second motor. Yeah. on the wood where he's yeah. trying to avoid <laughs> snapping it to the other motor yep and yep. so he's like offsetting it and then he lets go and it just kind of like goes Boop. <laughs> <laughs> um but i will i mean i'll say i don't know i'm slightly afraid because um there was definitely frame rate drops sure. in even in the video that they showed um yeah i, don't yeah, I believe it yep i mean i do <laughs> I, I don't uh, want frame rate I played, drops, I, man. I played Breath of the Wild one before I got the frame rate boost patch, so mm. like, I don't know. Really That's care. fair. I probably did too. I played it on Wii U, so. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't get a switch until months later. Wow. Uh, I sh I'm still kicking myself for not buying the Wii U version of this game because you know it's going to be tons of money later. Um. Yeah, I'm just uh never, I'm never reselling any of my shit. It's, no. it's meaningless. It's meaningless. No, I'm 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 pretty stoked. Uh and it, it looks it's looking good. It's looking real good. All right, I'll stop this right now. Um last but not least, Nintendo ish news. Uh pour one out for the 3DS my, uh Monday at I think 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Eastern time is when they shut off the eShop. So um yeah, rest in peace. <clears throat> I made sure I loaded up on a couple of the games I didn't have. I, I realized I had a lot of them, 
So I'm not super worried. No way. The, <clears throat> Monday Monday um, is officially, or maybe we can just say Tuesday morning. It's officially less of a gray area than it ever was before to rip do down. Do something nefarious. Uh, 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 is it even nefarious if I literally can't buy anything for the systems anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think know. so. As long as you're not in our discords, uh, <laughs> finding secrets. No, it's, uh, yeah, pouring we're not for that. Um, I grabbed Come On Monsters, because that's one of my favorite things to do is to come on monsters. Um, I'm sorry, come on dragons. It's come on dragons. And there's also come on warriors, but I grabbed the come on dragons. Uh, and Odo-san, I grabbed, yeah, I grabbed, um, I had like Bad seven dragon. bucks. And I grabbed the Ace Turning I have to buy that. I have to, I have to get that SMT out, yeah. outer space game for 3DS. Which one was that, Zach? Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Strange right Journey. Strange yeah. Journey, yes, yes. I have to acquire that. Yes. You have to get your hands on, on that somehow. But um, yeah, loaded that up. So there you go. How uh, would you ever? How would you ever? Let's get into Let's get into games and games that we're playing and finish up the pax east stuff uh <clears throat> i'm uh you know what before we do that zach i'm a little envious of the graham crackers that you're uh, that you're munching on so i have snack quest snack questing wise dots honey mustard those are amazing i love those dude you, the honey mustard ones <clears throat> uh-huh. the cinnamon uh ones are phenomenal but sam have you tried these no. Uh, oh, my God. Dots pretzels are the best, first and foremost. Just the original ones. I did the Southwest ones, which are strong. That's like the, the strong honey ones. Honey mustard ones are so good, dude. They're so good because they have just the perfect sweet and tangy mm, combination. Why was there a pause sweet. when you said tangy? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sweet and tangy. Sweet and tangy. Because he wasn't um, sure what he was going to say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> got some I'm going to talk about let me talk about the the uh actually i'm gonna let um zach go first and talk maybe about some of the stuff that he saw at pax east that we didn't cover uh during our other awesome show what'd you see zach okay friday i saw um world of horror which is a game that's already out uh it's in early access final 1.0 version is coming out in the summer, they're showing off like the console port of that game. Um, I mean, to say negative <laughs> things first, um, that game needs a better UI for the console version. It's pretty hard to navigate menus because they have you doing it with like a pointer controlled by your stick on the controller. And there's a lot of little buttons and menus on in that game, and it's kind of annoying. But the cool thing is, is when they, whenever I did my demo, my controller had Joy-Con drift. Oh boy! <laughs> so, and the buttons were like switched switched up, and they weren't working. Were you so, on like, Switch? no, I was playing it, on was, play, it was PlayStation it was Five a, or it PC. was a PS Five. It was it was a PS Five controller. So I was also there with Zach. Zach was the one dri- driving though. Um, it was a PS Five controller, but I'm pretty sure it was running on an emulated or not emulated build. But it was like it was technically running off of pc but it was running the console version so there are weird driver things that could happen in those scenarios 
Um, but I do think it's weird that having that huge touch. Like, do they still they still have the touchscreen on the PS5 controllers, right? The front face. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Touchpad, yeah. To not use that as a pointer, t- like touchpad, is an, an odd choice in my opinion. Yeah. So um, it was it was funny because my my pointer kept moving. <laughs> While watching, the guy watching, was giving yeah, his... watching Zach, the guy is like, uh, "No, no, no! Don't touch that one. You have to, you have to click on the other one." Zach, the pointer is just like <laughs> just drifting up repeatedly. He's like, "I'm, I swear, I'm trying." And he's, I see yeah. Zach just pressing the button over and over again. It's not doing anything. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great game. It's definitely something to check out. I'm assuming the console port when it comes out will be better than my experience. What kind of game is it uh, first and foremost? It's so it's a roguelike story kind of game though. It's a, it's it's a roguelike rogue a roguelite um point and click RPG. RPG card game thing. Well, yeah. like the card <laughs> the cards are basically like scenarios and items and things that are dealt to you behind like the scenes of of the game it'll deal you like cards and that's like your modifiers and things um and basically you get like you you have set up campaigns that you can play or you can just just have the 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 decks (laughs) deal you uh (laughs) cards um which is cool so like what what it does is he'll give you a mission like um there's been a ritual summon summon at your uh school and you need to uh kill like the scissor whatever lady there so so like a lot of that is random and how and how you go go about it is like you go through different rooms and there's encounters that could be rolled or drawn or a bunch of things so there's a lot of just like dice rolls and card draws behind closed doors that you don't get to see and you just get to interact with the cool you know ui and stuff um yeah so it's it's very very much kind of like an adventure game like an old school dungeon crawler adventure game kind of is kind of what it is it crosses a lot of different genre boundaries simultaneously so it's really hard to kind of classify it um, you, yeah. you you have stats like you can see there there's strength decks um, and stuff like that uh, but there's also literally just battles um, that you you have to kill this weird monster thing um, and if you didn't go to the right spot and necessarily find the right weapon it might be really hard uh, but the combat is also like unique where it's I, if you don't have a weapon you're like okay I'm gonna go, now go into te- yeah now now go now go into text adventure mode where it's like look around find a weapon like i don't know all it, there's this weird backdrop of um point and click text adventure at all times which is very very neat yeah it's it's super unique and really fun it's very crunchy is i guess yeah. is the way to put it I like it's it it's, a, it's it's like look it, at this it, UI. can you can you go back to like uh like 10 seconds like sorry yeah that that moment um Let's see if we can pause it. I want to, like I just kind of want to show like the in because that yeah yeah this here. UI right here. Um, right. So this is this is the battle UI. <laughs> yes, um, love it. 
And, you know, each one of those icons next to the character portrait is a potential action in combat. Um, and you can see ZLZR, you can, there's multiple tabs mm -hmm. that all have that three by three uh, grid of, of options. So there's a lot of different things that you can do at any given time in battle. Um, you can see, like, in this case, slot A, the, the, you know, the person already has a bat equipped um, and stuff like that. But it's just, I don't want to necessarily call it, I mean, do we say the word, Zach? Esoteric. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's super. Yeah, so also there's different characters that you can play as. Oh, the, the different decks or like stories you can unlock as you play it's just and it's also custom stories on the pc version where you can download like ones made by the people in the community and yeah it's just a fun time um it's made by one guy who is a part-time dentist which is super cool and he's also does all the art in ms paint so that's that's him. And he's a and he's a Polish. He's a. Did we talk about him being a Polish dentist? Yeah, he's a part-time Polish dentist. <laughs> um, he's been working on this game for four or five years now. Four years. Like he's been working on it longer than than that, but it's been out for three years, I think, or four. Um, I reviewed this game when it first came out, and I was in college, so I was still taking classes. So it's been <laughs> at least four years. Um. Yeah, that game is super cool. But the other game they're showing off is Demon School. Uh, Demon mm. School is, yeah, it's really good. Um, their their uh, presentation on the show floor is super cool. They had a CRT TV with this game playing and like school desk and like a fake teacher at the front. Like, yeah. Um, but what the they were so. Whenever I sat down to play this, they gave me an option for battle mode or story story mode. So my my opinion of the story is light because I don't know what it is, but it's the setting seems cool. You are going to a demon school. That's just what I assume. You go to classes. You have a school life. You have friends. You have relationships. You that whole school like persona thing is very very much prevalent um but what's interesting is in battle i was specifically told that you're stopping demons from crossing over into like the realm that we live in so you want to make sure that they don't get past your characters beyond that like there's like a line on the on the field if they get past that you lose so there's a lot, there's some encounters where it's like, okay, I, I, we have to stop the demons or, okay, I'm fighting Yakuza. Like there's, there's gangs here. I, I need to fight. Um, so what is really cool is the game well, plays, style, by the way. This is so cool. yeah, it's, it's, it's very mixed media on, yeah, it, they are very, mm -hmm. I was talking to the marketing lady and she was, she was like, it's very intentional to be like mixed media, but also kind of grounded in like PlayStation one aesthetic. Um, but yeah. So the way the battles play out, I want you to go to, I want to get to a screen where there's the battle grid so I can mm -hmm. just better talk about it. So as that's going, let's see, keep going. 
I'll pause it when yes. we get to a battle here. Oh, I saw all this stuff in the demo. Namako's cool. I love how this movement is so cool. Yeah, okay, pause right here. Yeah, so okay, this, so okay. yeah, so that's the finish line basically for the demons. They're heading towards you and you're facing the other way. So it's kind of an auto battler in a sense where you basically all you have to worry about is running your guys into the demons. So you run them into the demons, and then when they hit a demon, they, they will do their they'll do their attacks. So some characters mm. have some characters have an attack where it's like they'll push, or some will have an attack that's just super super strong. Um, the Namako, the the second girl from the left, she can place demons behind her. So if you move in front of them, she'll displace them behind her and she'll like switch spots. And that comes in handy because if you if a demon moves into a space next to one of your characters, it'll initiate an attack. So when a thing moves into their zone, they attack. I, I think it might be just one character that can do that. I wasn't too sure, but yeah. Then the other guy, the African-American guy, he is just a pure healer. He can't attack. So if he runs into a friend he'll heal them and give them an attack buff so you each so all characters have different paths they can move so like some can move diagonally some can only move straight or to the sides um so placing them on the board and using all your resources like on the bottom uh right there's these circles and those are like your pips that you can use to like to move so like um movement is one pip if you want to move that character again that's two so you just like kind of use all your resources sources and throughout the game you and the characters in your party become friends become closer and you unlock team combos and things so you can like pinpoint like pincer like an enemy and like activate a team combo and like do a bunch of stuff um so it behaves a lot like a typical strategy rpg in that aspect like a disgaea where it's like if you're behind someone or next to someone it'll activate a team attack when that one person attacks so yeah it's all about movement and running your guys into the other guys and stopping them from getting to the finish line but at the top left you see there is a zero out of 12 you need to kill the 12 demons to finish it but there's going to be there's going to be times where there's more demons on the field so you can stay stay around and keep killing them or you can just move a character to the end end your turn and then then the rounds over and you win um you get credits and the credits are used to pay for classes to level up your characters so school is a way you level up your character and get different stats and all these different things just like in real and, life yeah just like in real life and there, and yeah, there's like I think she said 15 characters total in the game, which is a lot. <laughs> and you can date and do relationship stuff and hang out and all that with all 15 characters besides the main. So the main character plus 15. So I guess I don't know if that's 16 or if it's 14, whatever. But yeah, there's a whole slew of stuff you can do with friends. And yeah, it's really it's really good um she said they wanted to yeah see here's a little team combo the combo stuff is was is the most interesting part 
about how this worked out. And uh, the the neat part is that there are going to be combos. I mean, how many playable characters did they say there were? I think she said 15 plus the main four, so 19. Yeah, it was like 15 or 18 total. Um, and, you know, we got to assume that most of them are going to have similar, um, if not slightly different, um, <laughs> uh, displacement powers that they have. And all that's like, it's just going to be repeated combo opportunities where you're just constantly displacing them, um, which ties back into the school aspect where you have um, friendship relationship levels that are, uh, and that will, I I think that the word was that that determines how strong those combos are. Those become, yeah. So, and then also whenever you plan an attack or plan like your round you do it all at once and then you activate it and then everything happens at one time so there so it's pretty easy to like okay i, I know that delson's attack will punch this guy over here because it'll show you it moving on the board when you're moving your character to attack and like okay then i then i know this character will i'll put them here because they'll land here and the enemy will be there because I moved Delson first. And like, so it's, it's pretty easy to like manage uh, rounds. And they, she said they wanted to keep it simple to where like a person who isn't really into strategy games could play it, but also to where there's a huge ceiling of like, how do I want to be like a nerd and like figure out this like round? Uh, but yeah, it really left a impression on me i loved everything about it the writing's really good um characters are funny uh there's a a rich girl in there who can smell like poor people and it's just a really funny dynamic there um but yeah it's super neat the combat is just wait she can smell like poor people or smell she can smell poor poor yeah she can be like yeah so (laughs) it's really it's really it's really good um and i want to play it now it should come out hey guess what yeah i gave that my org yeah it's dude it's so good the combat is just like it's really addicting and it's fast and it's just so fluid um but yeah, and also the world and the characters is just really interesting. So, and it's a looker too. It's so. a looker. All right. And then I, I guess I'll talk about friend versus friend because that's the last one I played that isn't one Taylor and I played. Okay. Um, but friend versus friend is like a cartoony first-person shooter where you have a deck of cards. And that kind of denotes what special abilities and powers you have in a battle. So you build a deck of like 12 or 14 cards. And then uh, when you go into like a 1v1, you draw four cards. And that's just mm-hmm. kind of like your hand to play with. And it can be random. It could be like, okay, I get, a, I get a weapon. Or I get an ability to make me invisible. Or an ability to make me a giant. Or ability right. that says nuke nuke the are they world. like preset do you know if they're like preset like you're always gonna get a weapon as a part of it uh, you don't know? no so i played a bunch of rounds because taylor taylor was talking to the marketing person here sure. and i was just getting in line and i played like talking, eight talking to some buds at, at raw fury mm-hmm. and got lost I played in time. like 
I played like eight or nine rounds against different people. So I saw a bunch of different like hands. And uh, there are some times where I wouldn't have a weapon, but because they start you with a pistol and the pistol is good, good, good enough. It's not, it's like a horrible gun. Um, but you might get, Oh, like I got one once where I turned into a giant and that like triples your health, but it makes you move super slow but I could obviously be seen by my opponent, but I also had a card that made me invisible. So I was invisible. I was invisible and I was a giant and I, and I wasn't able to be revealed on the map until I shot. Yeah. So like I was, so I was just standing, standing there in the corner watching my opponent trying to find, find me, but I wasn't going to be revealed until I shot my gun. So I was waiting for him to get up close to me and then I just killed him. Uh, (laughs) So that was fun. Um, and then one time I drew a nuke, which would like just changes the entire map, changes oh, the whole giant right there, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It changes the whole layout of the map. And I thought that was cool. And it like, is like a whole like post-apocalyptic thing. And then my opponent had a nuke card too, and he played the nuke and it like blew up and we were on the moon and oh, wow. <laughs> it changed, changed the gravity of the map. And we were just like jumping and like, Super Mario Galaxy style between like two different uh, small size planets, and yeah, and that was fun. It changed the way the bullets moved mm-hmm. and everything. It was crazy, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's super cool. It's fun. I think they could work a little bit on like hit, like hit detection, not from like like from an animation standpoint, like when a person is hit, there's really isn't a lot of feedback to see that they're hit besides the numbers popping up. Uh, so it kind of makes it feel kind of stiff, but I mean, besides besides that, it's like super solid. It's going to be fun to see if you can like, I'm assuming you can jump in online playing against random people and then not just be like play against your friends type of thing. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting. It's super uh, cool. So Nice. There's that. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Who wants to go to Taylor? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about the other game that Zach and I played, which was nice. Blackout Protocol. The game's um, cool. And Blackout Protocol is neat. Um, so this game is made by Ocean Drive Studio, which, uh, correct me if Got I'm wrong. Got a coaster from their... From, yeah, it's from a coaster. Um, and it, so it is a three player uh, top down or I guess semi isometric um, roguelite twin stick shooter. Um, Multi, which is a lot multiplayer. Of, yeah, three, three player. Three player <laughs> roguelite. Um, it is. <laughs> have a good night, Lisa. Um, <laughs> And it was it was sick. Oh wow! Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, friendly fire is on not just by default, but uh, but as a part of the design philosophy of yeah. the video game. That's the only way to play it is to hurt your friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know. There's just something special about it not being an option um, that kind of like it's not that it fascinates me it's just that it's like i don't know it makes my heart heart happy because it's like a it's bold but b i don't know like it 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 has intent beyond just being like 
I mean, there's a certain level of difficulty that it requires because you can't just spray. Um, but it means that there was care and at least, and I think that I experienced, I experienced it in my opinion when I was playing it, yeah. there is care to how all of the things work in the game. Um, that doesn't just make it like a difficulty slider of sorts. Right. Um, we talked about that with the devs. Like I told them, it was like, if you, if you commit to something, it allows you to build the game out and be more fleshed out around an mm-hmm. idea instead of it being like, okay, if you can turn this on or off, it like lessens how good the game could be and the options that you can add to it. And it kind of makes the designing of the game be kind of like, not as like passionate as they could, could be, you know, if they have an option like, okay, well, here's this weapon with this big radiate, like this big blast or whatever. Like, okay, well, we know people aren't going to use this in this mode, so we need to balance it to be whatever. Like, it just allows mm-hmm. them to dedicate all their passion to like one vision, and it r- r- super like shows because there's moments whenever I was playing, we played with one of the developers. It was like mm-hmm. Taylor and I, and then another guy, the dev. And there's uh, there's times where like we were moving in opposite directions, and like guys would come out to attack. Taylor and I would turn around and start like laying shots on them, but Taylor would be in the way shooting them. So like I couldn't shoot at those guys because I would shoot Taylor or or like or there's a there's a times where like guys would come at me and I had a grenade launcher and yeah. I'd shoot it and they'd be right at right up on me and it would hurt me and like I died because like I was just... <laughs> Zach, Zach picked up the rocket launcher and di- or grenade launcher and died almost immediately. Nice, because yeah. like they got right up to me. It was like, it was like, it just blew. Yeah. So it's, there, there's a lot of thinking that you need to do, but also okay. you could play it with your friends and like not think and just kind of like have fun, have fun playing with random it. levels. You know, like that's, that, classes, that's also cool. Uh, the characters yeah. that we're seeing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like one character, there is, there is a character that has like an AOE heal by default. Um, there's the four of them right there. Okay. Yeah, and you can see that that's the actives um Mm -hmm. is the differentiating um factor there um they kind of laid out uh what was the inspiration it was like scp x files um, oh wow a type of thing so you know imagine government government facility um oh yeah actually wasn't that scp right on the on the door on that uh yeah when they when the cars pulled up um so imagine stuff like they're s2p okay yeah that the, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, we only saw we our our demo was limited to fifteen minutes, so um, there was only so much that we got to see. So as far as longevity, I mean, you know, the the game is in beta on April sixteenth. If my memory oh, yeah. is sure, there's also there's also a different mechanic that we forgot to mention the like mental stability. I don't remember what oh, they call yeah. it exactly. So so you have exactly. two, you have two you have two kind of uh, you've got two major health bars: your raw HP and then kind of like your psychic HP. Um, and if we're if we can get to like a gameplay, so yeah, all right. So over here you can see the blue bar. The purple uh-huh. bar is like is like your psychic um hp and there and certain enemies can do either type of damage um but if you are out of kind of that psychic barrier any psychic damage is also physical damage Mm -hmm. um which sounds like okay yeah whatever except 
And as we're playing the levels, there are these little, I don't know if we see them. We resume the trailer and let's see if we see them. And I'll, I'll tell you to stop it if we do. Um, no, I'm not seeing them. There's like these little, I don't little know, squid eyeballs. Eye- yeah, yeah. So are, that yeah. kind of looks like them yeah. at the top there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're unkillable. They're just in the level. They're mm-hmm. afraid of light. And you have a you have a flashlight equipped by default, uh, and they just kind of squirm around that you can't kill them, and they just chip away at your purple HP at your psychic HP. And I was literally I almost died several times because I didn't train my flashlight on them, and we got swarmed, and we almost got taken almost got taken down until the dev explained it to us. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. Neat. It's all yeah. So then you got these modifier cards. You got different guns um, and different versions of the guns, and that's kind of like the that's the roguelite aspect of it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of stuff obviously that we don't know because demo was limited and um, there's only so much we could see. But I, I did it. Foundations felt like it was there to me. Nice, very cool. And th- when does this do? Did you guys? Uh, I believe. I believe it's due EA this year um, with uh, sometime after that beta. Uh, I don't think oh, yeah. I don't think we have a full release hitting um, as part of the plan. I believe it's just going straight into EA. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool, man. Amazing. Yeah, it was a good time. All right. Who wants to go next? Did you have anything uh, else, Taylor? Or is that? Uh, uh, that's pretty much Sam. it. Let's get to Sam then. Yeah, I don't know which one you want to talk about first, since uh, you're master of ceremonies over there. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna p- pick one, and you're gonna you're gonna talk about it. Felicity. Sweet Felicity's door. All right, uh, let me go to that tab where I have notes. Uh, yes, uh, Felicity's door, a uh, rhythm game, uh, narratively driven. Uh, basically, the story of uh, what I believe is a a brother and sister um, and their shared dreams as they are laid to bed at night. Um, It's a rhythm game, uh, very uh, involved. Um, I played it on Switch. Uh, I think it's coming to both uh, mobile and Switch uh, right off the bat here. Um, But as you can see, uh, it has uh, anywhere from easy mode to expert mode, which is also just insane. Um, You can play it with buttons or touchscreen. How you would do the harder difficulties with buttons is beyond me, but um, certainly different variation levels uh, for all skill levels. Um, All the music, at least from what I played, uh, seem to all be either originals for that game or uh, semi-modified tracks of uh a lullaby um i'm not sure if it was an original or if it was uh um uh just you know uh, playing close to a theme if that's a a way to put it um but it seemed like all the music uh was written individually for the game um and there would be um not so much as missions but sort of uh sets of songs that you'd have to complete to um, progress the story in certain ways um and yeah uh just seemed to be uh from the short time i played it uh on the show floor i really only got to play about like um four or five songs uh played a couple of difficulty levels um you know there's certainly challenge there um 
you know, uh, a switch on a table where about six other people are playing the same touchscreen uh, game. It maybe isn't the best sure. to try to <laughs> test the more advanced modes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, the animations and artwork uh, looks uh, very well done. I certainly didn't have any issues with um, the calibration of the game. And of course it has calibration menu in there, like any hmm. uh, good standard rhythm game these days. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's something to keep an eye on, um, especially if you're one of those people who likes experiencing uh, rhythm games where it's more of like uh, sightseeing is not the term. What uh, What's the musical term I'm looking for? Uh, sight reading charts uh, where you're okay. seeing like a song for the first time uh, and playing through it as opposed to maybe, you know, a pop song that you're familiar to and or like a song from a game or something uh, that you're familiar to and playing a whole bunch. So uh yeah uh you know kind of again didn't play enough songs to really find a banger that makes me want to make sure that the, uh, the soundtrack will be available uh but uh yeah i uh, really enjoyed the short demo um and they were one of the uh few demos uh right after where i was like or where they encouraged me to immediately fill out a survey and was like no like they the dev team wants to know uh <laughs> everything uh every opinion you have <laughs> of it right now um, because they've got a lot of ideas working and they want to, you know, not only for this game, but if they ever make like a sequel or something, um, where to go from there. So yeah, rhythm action or rhythm games uh, coming to Switch soon. Uh, so be on the lookout for Felicity's Door. Cool. Let's get your your other game up here. <clears throat> what was the other game that you played? Uh, depends on which one we're talking about. Yes, goodbye, Volcano another High. Rhythm game. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, another story-driven uh, rhythm game. Um, this one, though, more about teenagers. We've grown up a little bit. Uh, we have now uh, decided <laughs> to uh, play in a band uh, with dinosaurs um, uh, in high school. Uh, I mean, that game doesn't, I guess, come out directly and say that they're dinosaurs, um, but uh, uh, read the Careful, room. Careful, you can't fool me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, this one, um, certainly more uh, focused on the sort of uh, inner dramas of a uh, high school band um, that are both growing together and maybe growing apart, hint, hint. Uh, a band of dinosaurs. A band of dinosaurs. Um, no, so a bunch of high school kids uh, in a band dealing with uh, those type of issues um, a group of them are in a band together, um, and they are, from the demo, experimenting with a new sound, um, and maybe that's not the direction the whole band wants to go. Um, so uh, you'll obviously meet a group of colorful characters. Um, you'll learn about the relationships, their sort of senior year um, throughout Volcano High, uh, there was mm -hmm. a few chances during the demo to make some choices in dialogue. Um, only got to play through the demo once, so I uh, didn't get a chance to sort of see if those dialogue choices made any changes uh, in the sort of situations that played out during the demo. It didn't appear to be, but then the questions didn't seem loaded enough to really affect um, uh, people's reactions to maybe what you were saying. Um, the only choice that was that was sort of a, um, a false choice to flash back. So um, we'll have to learn more uh, once the game uh, releases. Uh, but uh, the characters were very likable um, in the short little demo. 
Um, and the art style, again, looks great. Um, so if, <laughs> again, if you're into that, uh, more of a punk aesthetic, I guess, on this one uh, than the sort of Felicity Store um, children's sort of lullaby thing um, that I played through there. So, yeah. Um, any <laughs> any questions? I don't know if you guys got a chance to check it out or not. It, they only had two stations uh, at PAX. So it was one of those where it's like, yeah, it's a 15-minute wait per demo. But if you're four in line, you're basically waiting an hour to play it. So Yeah, yeah that the was the exact scenario that Zach and I ended up in. We walked up yeah. and there was four people ahead and yeah. I, I really like, want to, I really want to play it, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I, it looks like you're uh, this sort of fake Photoshop that's in there, right? Yes. Yeah. In the, in the demo, there was a chance to kind of like, um, it was like a notebook that was, you were sort of sketching out ideas of uh, what your, uh, <laughs> what your band worm dramas uh like album cover could look like or something like that so what's the band's yeah. name worm uh, drama worm drama yeah That's um, awesome so uh yeah so it seems like there'll be a couple of those options um and of course we didn't uh, there wasn't a, a way to or, or we didn't seem to go far enough to see that then reflected in game so it's not sure if you, you know if this is like maybe a live poster maybe you'll see that then sure. in game the one you've designed um so you know, not the uh, not a lot you can see in a sort of narrative-driven thing on a show floor in 15 minutes, uh, especially when you want to get a handful of people through to kind of get them excited for it. Very cool. What else did you see? Uh, well, I also got a chance um, to check out No Longer Human, uh, which is something you guys have mentioned to me that we've covered before. So I don't want to go too far into it. I guess it actually won one of our... It's been a, it's been a year uh, since we talked about it, so go yeah, for it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Well, so I honestly don't know too much about it um, other than uh, the logo is so unreadable that uh, while I was playing the demo, I heard three people walk up, go, what is this supposed to be? A no, no, no longer human, <laughs> I think. And I don't know. It looks weird. And then walk away. So, um, yeah, it is uh, the best way I've been describing it is like uh, Devil May Cry, but sideways. Um, <laughs> and good. Yeah, and, and good. Sure. Uh, I'll be honest. While I was playing the demo, I there was a lot of I don't know if I know exactly what's going on, but it sure looks cool, and the numbers going up. So I think I'm doing it well. Um, yeah, it, uh, I believe the term uh, because I have their PR that I wanted to read here was high energy cyber goth action fuck 'em up. Uh, with yeah. aggressive freeform combat that incentivizes aggression and stylish gameplay. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they mean the photosensitive warning, by the way. That's yeah, not oh, a they joke. Do. Um, yikes. It, it's, uh, it's very fast action. Um, it seemed like at times, uh, and again, there were... If you go to a, a show floor and you see a demo, there's usually a human standing around said demo to guide you through it, or maybe like a piece of paper that's a, a buttons. Uh, absolutely none of that shit uh, sitting there for this thing. Uh, it's it was just a controller and a pair of headphones and uh, uh, one of those pieces of cardboard that you can take that has the logo on it. Again, again, no text of what the game is, just the logo. 
um and you're <laughs> supposed to go at it the, the ui is so useless i love no, it doesn't tell you anything and at one point it's like hit this button to upgrade and i was like upgrade what <laughs> uh and uh so like there were uh, there's obviously attack combos and aerial combos that knock people in the air and you can juggle and land back on the ground and stuff um but there were clearly also combos that were locking me into animations mm. and not allowing me to move out of those animations until i attacked a certain direction didn't so much care what attack i was doing just that it was going out this direction um, so like, there's definitely some depth to that. And, uh, I, you know, I think any game where, uh, I have the mentality where if I feel like I can jump in that game and then do a kickflip, uh, it feels good. And this game just feels like you're doing kickflips on people's faces with a, <laughs> uh, with a giant sight. So, uh, yeah, feels good, man. TM, uh, I guess. <laughs> on this. Just such a wild aesthetic. Yeah, get. Re I mean, this is one hundred percent like if, uh, like flashing lights and like sort of like flickering that neons and old CRTs do, uh, to people. Like, do not absolutely do not play this game or look at this game. Um, but it's got an aesthetic, and boy, uh, boy, howdy, does it stick to it. So good, love it. I love, I, I love the logo, man. The logo is yeah. just <laughs> so good. Yeah, even in this trailer, occasionally the word "vision" something or other comes on the bottom <laughs> of the screen. Like, no, at no point was that explained to me. <laughs> the only thing visible up. while you're fucking playing it is the giant combo counter and your yeah. current grade. I love it. Just giant <laughs> fucking thirty. 33 yep. hits, buddy. Of what? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. My partner's Mine. standing next to me as I'm playing, and it got up to like 87. And they were like, is that a lot? That seems like a lot. Does that mean you're doing well? <laughs> yeah, this one for us, uh, I think one of the games last year. So good stuff. Yep. Yeah, still cool. Release it. <laughs> Release it. <Yeah>. Release it. <clears throat> PM Studios, I think that's the guy. Anything else? Uh, I mean, I saw a bunch of other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Nothing really too much to write home about. Um, this yeah. was the year. Uh, well, I think it happens every year. Um, but this yeah. is a year that I think a lot of people had a lot of really good idea uh, for multiplayer games that um, might not ever make it off of the show floor of PAX East after this event. Um, and uh, yeah. I salute you because thank you for putting forth the effort. Um, to get those games <laughs> and to put them out there, especially on something like PAX East. Um, but I think it also speaks to why these sort of in-person shows um, are both good for consumers and for press. Mm -hmm. um, because something can like seem like a really good idea, and internally it seems like a lot of fun, and you and your friend group really are digging it. Uh, and then you get it to the show floor, and that concept makes zero sense. And sometimes you just have to spend a few you. thousand dollars to have a bunch of people tell you no. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Playtesting it live. Yeah. Uh, I, I would also like to say that uh, generally in PAX East, uh, this was another year where I felt like the... Um, the show floor had a lot of indie games that seemed like a lot of copycats. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes yes. even even themselves. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's weird juxtap 
juxtaposed against those like games that are really like you know something like no longer human that looks sure. like nothing else that you're seeing on the show floor um so props again to uh eyeballs um <laughs> and games having aesthetics that stick out um and that uh, draw your attention uh because yep. even yep. something like um I, I mean i don't think any of us got a chance to play it because they were swamped after day one um <laughs> but uh the capybara game uh the mm-hmm. uh i forget exactly what it's called um but uh, yeah i just remember that it's vampire survivors but four players and capybaras uh correct uh and that's you know by word of mouth that's all you know about that game but seeing it on the show floor and seeing just yeah how much it drew attention and like you know hearing zombie survival like okay so it's a game that i'm gonna run around in a circle and, and blow up zombies the whole time um but that game is just color so colorful and like oh, creative right. name, uh, you know i should have the name is so on the nose that I could it would not come to my mind. It's called Extremely Powerful Capybaras. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and to give you a good idea of how much interest that game took off on the show floor after day one, uh, it was one of those games where uh, you know a couple, a handful of people played it here, you know, there throughout the day, and like the couch. They had like a four-player co-op setup that was usually pretty booked for that first day. But if you wanted to, you could have slid in and played. Um, I, I saw some open slots. But on the second day, I just happened to walk by like kind of right as we got on the show floor to see if it was available. And it was already crowded. And I heard them over-talking to press. And they are like, yeah, um, we had a lot of appointments uh, yesterday. But uh, now the only thing we have open is like 5.10 this afternoon. Like, <laughs> if you want to come this afternoon, we have time and like maybe some time on Sunday. But uh, that's all we got right now. Yeah, JJ and I walked over to see if we can get a chance to play at like, I don't know, I think it was like uh, right after we did our uh, our walkthrough with the, uh, with the awards. And they're like, yeah, no, we're booked. Um, <clears throat> maybe if you're lucky, come by tomorrow. Uh, but even then, you got to get here real early because they're that's that's one of those games, like you're saying, Sam, that um, they they may not have been expecting how popular that was going to be because that was one of the games that we again, we didn't get a chance to play it. That was one of the games that sort of took over the floor that and the giant wrestling ring. Um, <clears throat> took over the floor, man. I mean, everybody was yeah. word spread, and people were having a raucous good time with that. Yeah, and that, and that's even from on their perspective. That's not something you learn until you get to the show floor. Because if you know, if you're them, you're thinking, well, if it's going to be this big of a hit, we have you know two couches, and we have at least two setups ready to go. But uh, you know, yep. in, instead, you. Yep. You have you have two machines playing no longer human and people walk by because <laughs> they have no idea what the hell's going on. Also, PM Studios, uh, which is why I mentioned no longer right there, but right next to each other. Okay. Um, well, I <clears throat> played uh, a bunch of games. I'm gonna go through my my other four that I played. I had a bunch of appointments on that uh, <clears throat> Saturday. Boo! 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 This man. that part of the evening where i'm clearing my throat okay first game that i want to get to is and jj was watching me uh watch me play this one aliens dark descent it's coming out in june and uh <clears throat> first and foremost this game's really freaking cool uh i really really did enjoy my time with it. essentially it's like a top-down tactical 
action game. It's not turn-based tactical. You're you're leading a squad of four of these uh, colonial marines or whatever space marines around the uh, this derelict <clears throat> station, and you're trying to find out what caused all the uh, just like any aliens movie. What caused all these scientists to die in the space station? At least the demo <laughs> that they had was the space station. But, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, very never heard Might this. Have uh, been the Zebo morphs. Zebos. Zebos. So you walk around. Let me turn off the uh the CC on there. You walk around the uh this building like in that or this the spaceship in that sort of viewpoint right there. Um and the the way the lighting is set up, the audio uh the same way. Um it's it's really all about tension, right? Tension and stress. And your your characters can sort of start to develop stress if they're making too much noise, if the xenomorphs are starting to get too close, if something's going wrong. And as your stress level goes up, <clears throat> your uh, um, the xenomorphs will get closer and closer to you. So it's kind of this endless Ouroboros, Ouroboros of, uh, of stress-inducing fear. And then you'll get like a you'll get a rush of these xenomorphs. You better you better hope that you're set up to to take them down with like sentries and that kind of stuff. You can kind of set up little sentries in the area. Uh, in the demo, they had us walking around, and you're just, again you're just kind of clicking, uh, pointing to, to spots that you want your team to go to. You click, you'll open up a, a box of loot and which will include some sort of item. Um, uh, the UI was a little difficult to kind of understand it first and it did take a little bit of time to kind of get through it and really start to make your way because there's just menus after menus after menus um which uh is good and bad it's it just i it doesn't feel well on a on a show floor all the time but when i'm at home i know i'm going to be you know fully enthralled and something like that but uh um you know one of the cool things was as your as these aliens start showing up as the xenomorphs start showing up if you want to kind of give yourself some protection, you can actually weld the doors behind you. So I was getting chased by the xenomorph down a hallway, and I get all my squad into this little closet, and I weld the door shut. Just the sucker comes up to me. So he starts banging on the door, and we're just waiting um, in this tiny little closet area. And he finally gets bored and trying to get in and lets up and leaves. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was actually a pretty cool little little, uh, little feature there. So um that stress level was really high, and then it slowly came down as we realized that uh, that the xenomorph couldn't get in. You know, there are other, other aspects. <clears throat> the mission in this one is to set up these these turrets, these sort of sentry turrets, and escape. Uh, or kind of, uh, you can, let's see, you're trying to find out what happened to the scientists, and then set up sentry turrets so you can um, uh, kind of survive an oncoming onslaught of xenomorph. So <clears throat> to do that, you find some you know you find some bodies lying around you scan the bodies you pick up some um like key cards and stuff and you realize oh i can actually access the cameras the cool thing about accessing cameras is that it just kind of shows you points of interest on a map uh they're not really functioning cameras and as, as you might think but um they give you points of interest and they kind of tell you they, they you know they they adapt the map to show you where the xenomorphs are coming from and where there might be loot and side quests to kind of help you on your story. So it's a neat, a neat little advantage there. You kind of flip back to that camera uh, system all the time. But yeah, it was really fun <clears throat> until I get to that that final. You can see that that scene there. I'm gonna rewind real quickly. So you get the point, and the xenomorphs are coming right there, you know, and you can kind of see what direction they're they're aiming at you. But uh, if 
you got your guys set up like they're showing they're showing five guys here i think we only had four in our area burgers but, uh, and fries burgers and fries um five guys uh but yeah if you're set up well enough you can survive uh you know two or three xenomorphs but the end of the game as you set up your your sentries like i'm gonna i'm just gonna point here so here they are so you set up one here and this is actually a real similar thing i actually had welded shut that uh the, the door on the other side of, of a similar closet here but they want you to set up three sentry gunners <clears throat> around this lab and then to extract data from a computer and uh try to ward off this oncoming onslaught of xenomorphs well my dumbass um didn't go to repair these sentries as they're these gunners these turrets as they're they're being taken down so it would blow up a xenomorph you'd have like two or three would come and attack it and then the others would, the other xenomorphs my my squad would knock it down and then it, it would just end up you know crapping out and what i should have been doing knowing now is um going into repair sending a squad mate to repair them in between uh you know mini rushes so um i ended up losing which and there's <laughs> scene of it. me losing of course there's a scene of them you know welding the door shut right there uh i end up losing uh and i had everything i was so happy i'm like oh i, I knocked out a bunch of side quests in my uh half hour demo and uh the game the game has a, a decent pace it doesn't move like super fast or anything but you can you can get a bunch of stuff done in a, in a half hour um and uh yeah I'm, i was all i was all excited i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get this info from the computer <clears throat> it's gonna back out to the door once the xeno once the, the door is unlocked and i'm gonna i'm gonna win this demo well yeah xenomorphs came after me <laughs> and uh the door finally opened but there by that time it was too late they were just rushing me and i i lost and uh but it was really cool <laughs> uh a ton of fun um i am so fun that um you know I'm, i'll just say it it got one of our pax team choice awards i uh, thought taylor we, gave that one i'm not much of like a point and click uh you know tactical type of player but the game really did i think the mixing in of the aliens franchise i think really did a good job and just like i said that tension that stress level was really cool because in other tactical games like that i'm just like you know walk around hunt uh kill bad guys go to the next room but you're definitely playing a bit of cat and mouse with this because you're trying to stay away from the xenomorphs in case there's a mad rush and then you're sealing doors behind you opening doors. it's just a, it, there's a really nice balance to the flow of the game so yeah that one's it's coming out in june um and it was a ton of fun to play. The next game was uh, <clears throat> there were no aliens in this game. Um, but well, then I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. But uh, there um, there were some cool kind of neat flashback type of things. Did I? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Uh, I love playing uh, Wolfenstein. There's gotta be aliens in here. Gotta be aliens. I love playing Wolfenstein 3D back in the day and. Um, so weird that it starts off with this thing uh and i just love that real kind of classic style of of uh 3d traversal and sort of that era that mid mid 90s era of of uh of gaming uh and yeah i mean it's i guess maybe it is it's space marines uh hopefully it actually shows some of the game here here we go um <clears throat> warhammer forty thousand bolt gun 40k whatever you want to call it it is a 
I'll just do it right from here. It is just a, a real kind of, it's a boomer shooter with awesome retro style, hand painted uh, pixel 3D graphics. <clears throat> Essentially you're a, 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 a Marine or whatever they are in this game. And um, you, you get this, uh, this, you get the bolt gun, which is this really, this kind of cool weapon. It has like a little bit of a chainsaw-ish feel to it in a way, but um, get this weapon. That's their main gun. Their main gun. And uh, you're just making your way through. It was like this sort of, uh, it almost looked like a Nazi-ish outpost in the mountains uh, in this no. demo. Yeah, no way. <clears throat> but uh, the bolt gun makes things go boom and from a distance. And it's really kind of cool to obliterate enemies because it's just kind of a fun a fun thing. But you get a power, a couple powers in this. One is that you can uh, use the bolt gun to um, kind of run forward and blast forward and, and uh, kind of charge into an enemy, which I thought was really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, it... it it had a great nostalgic feel to it. It actually also a very very generous uh, uh, hit detection for some of these areas. Let me go to the higher, the higher quality. Area. Perfect for pro gamer Dally. For pro gamer <laughs> Dally, um, it. Uh, I, for, I, for, I'm trying to say this without making myself sound stupid, but it's going to happen. <laughs> Too late. Just say it, man. Just say it. Just say it. You get the bolt gun, you turn around, and it says, uh, you have to get, you have to click this button here, and it opens that far door, and you got to charge, it says, little notification comes up, it says, use the charge, or whatever it's called, and, and blast to this door. All right, cool. Hit the button, turn around, I use that charge, and then the door always closes. Like, okay, I'm going to try. Use that charge, and you, I stop like 100, like 10 feet before the door, door closes. I'm like, shit. So I did this, I kid you not. Over and over again for like five minutes, I'm looking like a complete idiot and looking for a developer. They're nowhere, you know, the guy's like helping some other people. Nobody near me. Finally, he comes over and I'm like, hey, this is telling me to use the charge, but the door keeps closing. And he's like, uh, try running to that door. I'm like, you mean shift? He's like, yeah, just use shift. I'm like, all right. So I use shift and he's standing like right over my shoulder. I use shift and I get to the door, no problem. <laughs> and I'm like, he, I'm like, okay. I'm I'm an idiot, but I'm not an idiot. Uh, I I kind of turned to him. I'm like, yeah, I could have run, but it wanted me to use the charge. He's like, you don't have to use it. I just felt like a complete jerk. It told me to use the charge, man. Um, but uh, did, I, did I tell you about how I how poorly my my playtest of um, Pacific Drive went? Uh, you tell me after I, I get done with this. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I was gonna say, uh, you know, just classic WASD controls with a mouse and keyboard, and and use, you know, use shift to to run and spacebar to jump. It's just such a badass game. Uh, I really freaking enjoyed the demo. It, lo it looks like it looks like a really neatly realized it demake. Is. It's it is it, yeah you're, exactly. It's like a this is how you demake. Um, Demade. They demade a game that doesn't exist, which is it doesn't neat. exist. It's so cool, and it just plays real. I love this little bolt gun. It's on a. Uh, it's on this a is what. Game. This is what happens when uh, the company that owns Warhammer, I forget their name. Um, they just 
kind of just they it's like an open license they kind of yeah. allow yeah, everybody to do whatever they want so there's just so many of these like random poopy games for the warhammer universe and this this one is this one's really good i'm uh as a boomer shooter who i'm gonna be does, playing this sucker a lot who does own warhammer i think it's games factory it's is it games yeah. is it games workshop Games yeah, Workshop. Games Workshop. Yeah, there you go. Games Factory, what totally a, different company. What a, what a fascinating and like they they've done everything from MMOs to yeah. uh, I mean obviously I mean space Space Marines and first person shooter. I don't know. It's just a it's just a fascinating oh, oh, oh. history and congregation of I don't know of and like a hundred books and yeah, it's insane. But the game moves really smoothly. Uh, it's you know 60 FPS and it just it it flows like butter, man. I, um, when it comes out, I think it's it's sometime this year. Probably another game that's coming out in June. I don't know. Uh, definitely recommend getting your hands on it because it's it's surprisingly a blast. Uh, and it I, I don't care a, a lick about Warhammer, but I definitely like this game. And so maybe I'll start getting into Warhammer if they have more. No. Like this. Oh boy. Cool. Anyway, it's good stuff. Definitely worth worth checking out. I played one more game in the <clears throat> in their booth there that um, completely different style of game altogether. And this was Void Crew. Uh, <clears throat> Void Crew is essentially a submarine in space. Um, what I mean by that is you... That's just a, that's and, just a ship, Dally. It's a ship, exactly. Yeah, I was just about um, to say. But uh, it's, uh, you run the ship like a submarine. Everybody has specific things they have to do. It's co-op. Um, so uh -huh. you'll have you know you'll have people that have to man the guns. There's a pilot you have to choose. Um, folks that have to FTL. Kind of runners. Yeah, it's very much FTL. And the I was gonna the, say, how many more times do you just want me to say that that's exactly how a ship works, like yeah, a spaceship? So, um, there's there's fuel in this that you have to worry about. There are and no uh, no it's uh, 3D FTL. Yeah, there you go. No, it's um, it, the whole uh, purpose of this. There's like the gameplay loop is essentially you. Your characters get cloned, right? You, they're sort of reliving, or uh, characters that just keep, it's a roguelite aspect. It's like they're constantly cloned, and you're going on these <clears throat> runs where you're, you have to manage a ship, make sure it's all powered up, make sure you got all the, <laughs> all the items and stuff and everything kind of uh, laid out. You got, um, uh, you know, then you go do some exploring, find some loot. And then after you get that loot, like I, we were on this sort of, I hate saying derelict, but uh, we were on this sort of asteroid. I'm going to go back to that point because it's very similar to that. So we're floating in space and we get to this little area here, which is sort of this platform. We have to. It, does somebody we, actually have to like fly the ship to this spot? Yes. Somebody has to fly okay. the ship to that spot. Uh, and the you can do a bunch of stuff as the pilot. Um, when you get attacked, <clears throat> you have to angle the ship in a certain way so that your gunners can actually take on all the little enemies that come at you. Um, but yeah, so we exit the, the the vehicle, the spaceship, the space submarine, and we go to this little platform and we're, we're kind of getting the loot and we get everything back to the, the submarine ship and we're, we're notified, hey, uh, there's some guys in the area, space pirates or whatever they are, um, and they're coming at you, so you better prepare. So <clears throat> we powered up our uh, shields. We actually, you could put and shields. And were you playing with three other people? Three other people, yeah. Um, uh, one of the dudes had wanted, he'd already played it and wanted to come back like several times. Like, I'm, I'm so in love with this game. I want to come back and try one of the different, uh, different roles. And anybody can be any role at any time. You just, you have to constantly communicate. So 
<clears throat> we're yelling at, yelling at each other because all four of us are kind of sitting in line there. And we're talking to the headsets like, okay, this time I'm going to be the pilot on this little loot grabbing thing. Why doesn't somebody else um, repair the shields while I'm piloting us to the next stop? Okay, that sounds good. I want to repair this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so the crafting sequence, you, once you get loot, you get back in there. You can craft weapons. You can craft shields. You can craft uh, different types of items that are essentially ship augments. And uh, <clears throat> once that, uh, you know, that's ready, once you start getting attacked, then, like I said, the uh, um, the pilot has to sort of just maneuver the ship and uh, and make sure, like, engines don't overheat. The shields don't break down. Meanwhile, the other folks are gunners. And in the demo, there's a sort of big floating crystal, kind of like that. Um, I'll pause it right here. So let's say there's a big floating crystal and uh, that's got these... Um, similar to this it's got these sort of anchor ships off the side these two anchor ships that are charging up the shield around this uh, this crystal so you have to knock out the two anchor ships which means you want to have gunners on either side um of your ship and then you kind of rotate the pilot rotates the ship and the, the two two of the gunners or th all three gunners will point at these these uh these anchors knock them out and then all of a sudden the crystal thing in the middle is uh is ready to be taken down well once you take down enough of that crystal, um, you start getting attacked by, uh, you know, flyover, uh, more more ships will kind of pop out of nowhere and, and start taking you down. And so you have to take those out. But that also predicates uh, managing your um, ammunitions because one of the weapons is a <clears throat> light weapon um, and it, it just needs a little bit of a cool down time. Uh, so if you shoot enough, you kind of got to wait, uh, you know, a couple seconds for it to start powering back up. The other weapons, like the bigger guns, the uh, the rail guns might need um, special ammo. So while I'm I was kind of handling the the um, the cooldown weapons and then and, and taking that taking some ships out, my partner to my left with the next gun over the rail gun had to keep going back and getting ammunition and, and cloning and making any or uh, crafting ammunition and bullets and stuff and put into his thing. So there is definitely this balance that you have to work on. And then the third guy realized, uh, the pilot, as he's kind of maneuvering, realized, oh, crap, our rear shield is is almost broken down, which means we're going to get kind of screwed from that aspect. So he's like, I'm going to keep flying us and try to keep us away from these attacks. I need one of the gunners to go over. So the, the third guy like puts on his gun, goes in the back, starts repairing the shield. It was just kind of a cool mechanic to juggle all this stuff together um it's an interesting thing i don't know if i'm gonna be you know madly in love with playing this over and over again it's really going to depend on how unique each play session is because yeah this demo was fun but if it's that same demo over and over again like the same loop over and over again i think it could kind of get you kind of wear wear you down a bit so i'm curious to know what's going to happen beyond this little half hour demo that we played like are there places where you can explore more on foot is there you know obviously you can get a bunch of different types of ships but is the is the fun of this game tied to just the same loop or can you start to kind of break a little bit can you go exploring is there some no man's sky aspects or you know what are the what are the, the actual hooks to this kind of game the developers did tell me the they started developing this because they want they couldn't get to play games with each other all the time and um they wanted to play a game cooperatively 
online. And so the, like the, two, the two developers, I guess two of the brothers that were working on this game, they said, let's just kind of make something that's a bit more cooperative instead of always playing shooters. And they liked FDL. They liked some of the other stuff the, uh, that was kind of popping off the time. They said, let's make something where we're, we're sort of managing a, a submarine, hardcore focus on the management aspect as opposed to just um, dogfights. So pretty cool. Uh, I'm again curious to see what the hook's going to be beyond this little loop, but it was you know it was a fun 30 minutes. Um, but another game that I did not get 30 minutes with, but I would have actually loved to get 30 minutes with, uh, <clears throat> is a game also at the Raw Fury booth uh, that I just kind of happened on, and that was Pizza Possum. And Pizza yeah. Possum, you are a possum vacuum. There, you, there's my little dude right there. All right, and he just runs around, and his whole goal is to just eat as much food as possible. See, I'm pointing to all the different food. There's, there's bread, there's tomatoes, there's pizzas, there's all kinds of stuff. He comes out of his little, his little hole there, his possum hole, and he's getting all the food. Eat as much as you can, um, and then there will be like a key, and that the key helps open the door. And the point is to stay away from the cops. Get away from the cop dogs. Uh, I think it's a perfect play. On, they are uh, narcs. They are the narcs, exactly. Um, <clears throat> and so you'll you'll kind of get around, and then the cop dog will see you. And uh, I mean, there's definitely a, a fun Italian feel to this. The cop dog will see you. <laughs> classic and Italian him. feel. Classic <laughs> Italian. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, oh well, hey guys, side questions had such a good run. No, I bring it up because it's it's set like it it's set like on an Italian town countryside. So I'm, I say it's an Italian feel in terms of like it's a touristy European. Again, I believe it's like Sicilian premises. Um, that's what, yeah, it it really feels like it's Sicilian okay. premises. <laughs> all right, anyways, uh, oh, I'll continue uh, on the gameplay mechanics. So yeah, there's all these other little animal denizens in this town. Um, you're just constantly vacuuming up the food, which is a blast. Uh, you can scare off some of these guys, and you can kind of uh, try to deter them from capturing you by um, you can get uh, and you can also hide in bushes. Kind of cool. And all these like there's one point where I had a very similar thing where all these uh, these the uh, puppies were were chasing after me, and I had um, I found boxes. They're Italian. Uh, maybe it's Italy. These are Fiats. Uh, I found uh, uh, like a bag of dog bones, and so I'm like chucking these dog bones as I'm running around. And the cops, the the cops, the the dogs will like run off the side and start chewing on this bone for a split second, just enough for me to get to get around. Uh, and, and the dog sort of fuzz. Fiat. Uh, stereotypical. Dogs are cops. All dogs are cops. All dogs are cops. Uh, all cops are bow wow. But no, it's just a silly, fun little, stupid little game that the demo ended. Yeah, there was a, there was a, you'll see the little dog bone in a second here. Yeah, bear right here. Chucking the dog bone there. Demo ends way too early huh? once you kind of complete this little, um, uh, Must have been the this little town level. And uh, I loved it. It's, I, I, this is going to be the kind of game where you see a um, you see a video and it, okay, cozy computer. It's a cozy style action. This gives me vibes so of like, it, I mean, I mean, listen, obviously, um, Untitled obviously Goose Italian. Game, yeah, um, but also like it's like that same vein of Untitled Goose Game, Donut mm -hmm. County. Like it's I don't know, like all of those things are. I mean, 
obviously it's animals that we control in all of those games. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know that they all, I'm not saying that this is like that game or going to be like either of those games. I don't know. There's just something that draws me to it the same way that that one did. Cozy charm. It's a cozy charm. That's no, this, these, these games were made to be streamed and to make, yeah, and I was gonna say, it's going to be very streamed. Uh, uh, you're gonna see the second yeah, half. Just quickly. like you know, it, 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 it's you know, it's a game that's literally meant to be like it's me, I'm him, the yeah, I am it, the possum. And it's just yeah. meant for people to like regurgitate that Watch point ad nauseum. But also, but I, it does yeah, look fun. It. So it is actually it was yeah. a blast. It's just it's a super simple premises. Uh, so they had two screens set up, and um, you know, we're I'm kind of waiting. Yeah, I think they so announced it at PAX. They announced it like the day of yeah the 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 first day of PAX. Um, and uh there wasn't uh like i i waited in line i waited in line uh, (laughs) exactly yeah and uh the line was like maybe two or three people and so i uh right behind me was uh you know i got my seat and then the kid the person next to me was a i want to say they were like three years old or four years old was a dad and his uh and his two kids and he had the the daughter wanted to play he's like all right honey i'll let you play it's that easy to control this game. And it's really funny. And I think kids are really going to like it the same way that um, Untitled Goose Game, like you were mentioning, Taylor, sort of hit that uh, the right nerve with um, uh, with fans. I think this is going to be the same kind of thing where it's really just a game of keep away and hide and seek, mm-hmm. which I think is, it's you know, tag. It's every everybody can understand this. Just stay away from the other folks who are trying to capture you. And then, you know, it's not like you die. You just get caught and you get, you get a, Get out of your uh, your possum. But hole. also, also, he's literally me. <laughs> he's literally me. Literally exactly. me. Anyways, he's, he's the only. He is literally the only living marsupial in North America, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this guy. I think it's gonna be one of those fun games that uh, that uh, yeah. Me too. All in the right spot. That's it. I'm. I had other stuff. I checked out the Audio Technica booth and tried on their new uh, headsets. Really was it the most com- was it the most comfortable headset you've ever worn? No, uh, but it is. Uh, it was super. Did you pull out your testing made. and you could test the, the the audio waves to make sure they are balanced? Uh, totally. And sh- nothing. E- it's easy to do on a show floor. But no, I um, so I have a bunch of audio equipment at home. Obviously, my DJ gigs and stuff. And so I've I have a bunch of audio equipment, audio technical equipment at home. Um, and so, uh, knowing from that, that's why I was kind of interested. There you go. I was kind of interested in um, <clears throat> trying these out. I thought, you know, I want to see how how these function. And they were showing off um, regular headsets, kind of their newer ish headsets. But then the the one with the mics, I think, were the ones, the full feature ones. I thought that were really cool, um, really comfortable because they're so light. Like these headset, this PlayStation headset right now is heavy by comparison to that uh uh this this kind of cool sort of deconstructed one that they had sitting there which is they just had a real minimal i mean there's no real style to it but this sort of post-industrial deconstructed everything is exposed the fans are exposed this everything's kind of so exposed i thought that was a really cool visual style um and it's super light like their whole purpose was they got rid of plastic on on like half these things made them really lightweight focused on the comfort from that standpoint and the audio quality um both from what you're hearing and then how you're speaking because i think that was important and that mic was 
so freaking clear because he, me and the, the gentleman that was showing me the stuff were talking to each other. Um, and it was better with the microphone than it was us standing next to each other. Like it was clearer than the eight, you know, the 18 inches that we were apart from each other. And that was really cool. And when it, when you have a good Which mic was it, do you remember? It was the, I think a photograph of it. It was the, it wasn't the mic. So the headset, I, I, I didn't get a chance to use the actual mics there, but oh, it was, okay. It was, it was the headset mic. It was the headset mic. The, gotcha. um, GDL three. God, I'm, I don't have the picture loaded up here, but uh, hold on a second. It is the ATH GDL three is the name of the um, uh, the one headset. And that was like a hundred nine dollar on sale. Hundred nine dollar headset. Hundred thirty dollar headset. But no, it was really cool. They have sort of higher end ones as well. Um, but it is they, they certainly do. They said the two hundred dollar <laughs> headset I was looking at. Um, <laughs> Tried that sucker on. That was pretty amazing as well. But for 130 bucks, uh, you know, I, I've never really been a headset guy for gaming and for PCs and all that. So obviously, we've had a couple to review in the past, but um, this really felt like, okay, these are these aren't gamers. This isn't a gaming company that's trying to do audio. This is an audio company that works with sound producers, works with DJs, works with broadcasts like Sam. Those types of people, Sam, you should try the sucker on. Um, that uh, they know what they're they're looking at from that standpoint, so they're taking their know how and saying, okay, how can we interact now with uh, with the gaming market? So it was really cool. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked. So I'm gonna see if I can get I, us and get us some review units because I want to try them here at home. It makes uh, a lot of sense for AT to or to, for Audio Technica to, to show up at places like PAX because of yeah. how numerous not just influencers, Twitch streamers, um, and podcasters have become, uh, mm -hmm. but because, but also because of how many younger people that are going to be at that show that likely either aspire to be, or want to do it in some variety. Sure. Um, like, I mean, I've literally, I've been using my AT 2020, uh, for, same here. You and I got the same one, baby. Uh, for almost eleven years. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I got this in 2011 or 2012. I forget the exact year, but um, it's still great. Know, it's yeah. still working. You're you're hearing me on it. Yep, yep, yep. It's uh, you know, Auto Technica makes great, just great equipment. I couldn't uh, could could be happier with what Sennheiser game. Sennheiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's your mic? Blue snowball game. Yeah, exactly. Blue But yeah, that was my pack. I mean, there were other things floating around, but uh we you know, whatever. And you I like I'm my microphone. It, it, it works. I mean, it's sick. Yeah, the death star. <laughs> uh spoiler alert, as the uh only registered broadcaster here, uh, I am also using a blue Yeti snowball <laughs> microphone. Yeah, you no, sound no, like no it wonder as well. you you both sound like shit. You both sound like crap. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Um, but no, it's uh just overall uh PAX was a it was a thumbs up for me and it was um you know I enjoyed I think we were kind of joking around a little bit. It's like it almost felt like there was less on the show floor but there wasn't it's because nintendo and pokemon and there were some other big booths there that took up a lot of space that we didn't have last yeah, year like the steam bun guys yeah no those guys were there last year but no they uh um 
I think PAX it understands. Like last year was them sort of trying to figure out what PAX is going to be, uh, and this year was them going all in with like, hey, crap, let's put a let's put food trucks on the show floor. Great idea. Let's um, get more indies and really kind of organize how those are set up. Let's make sure that the uh, you know sort of the shopping stuff is sort of around the uh, the shopping and the school stuff is around the perimeter because in the past you would have uh you know somebody's selling beanies uh <laughs> next to a, next to a, uh, an art school next to uh, a crappy indie game that's a, and next to like a phenomenal uh indie game and, and next to wormwood and so um it was i think better laid out this year from that standpoint i, I love that the a... indie mega booth is still there even though there's absolutely no signage saying indie mega booth well, it's not technically Indie Mega Booth. Yeah, because Indie Mega Booth, it did become its own company. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the, I mean, what what are you, what what's your, what are you thinking of, Sam? Are you thinking of like. Oh, I was the, just saying, uh, instead of uh, two hallways uh, that were just back-to-back indie games uh, with red curtains, it was just two <laughs> hallways of back-to-back indie games with black curtains. Black curtains, baby. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the ones that were off the side there. Yep, yep. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, we call I that miss, pipe and drape in the industry. <laughs> I miss I miss the old days of like the transformation of unofficial um yes. yeah, indie mega booth signage into uh it growing into a company and then all of a sudden it was a big thing. Um that was a, a was, really yeah. cool part of the transformative experience of indie games in general. In fact, they got able to so see it big. Happen. It got so big with Indie Mega Booth that they decided to create Indie Mini Booth. Um, That's true. Which was, uh, which was sort of a spinoff, which was like, okay, Indie Mega Booth became sort of the thing for indies who had a little bit more cash to get nicer mm-hmm. booths. But Indie Mini Booth was like, hey, here's just like a state. If you got like five bucks uh, <laughs> to print out a, or you got a, a stack of business cards, this is for you, this little this TV on a stand. Uh, four indie developers uh, rented two tables and have four Steam decks running their games because uh, that happened at this PAX East. Yes, yes yeah. sir. That was the way to do it too. Yep, yep. But no, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, enjoyed enjoyed PAX this yeah, year. Yeah, hey, real winner of PAX East. How about the Steam Deck? Really, st- uh, like standing out as now the perfect <laughs> device to take to a show floor to just slam that sucker behind a box with the cheapest lock possible and uh, <laughs> plug it into a questionable 16 by 9 1080p monitor. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a there's a lot of games that showcase at PAX East that won really well on Steam Deck hardware. Um, yeah, already. I saw her last year when uh, Taylor had his Steam Deck with him and the Curse of Golf Guys was... was uh, I, I was piggybacking. I was piggybacking off of Dally's, you yep. know, specific uh, appointment, and I just downloaded the uh, the demo on the show floor and yep. and played the demo alongside Dally. I mean, it's, it's it's I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. That was one of the questions that I asked almost every single dev was, yeah, how how does this run on Steam Deck? You know, and that was this. The, actually, that was thing. one of the cool things I would I didn't mention yeah. well, um, when Zach and I saw Blackout Protocol. Um, yep. They were like. Yeah, we're we're also trying to make sure it runs on Steam Deck, and I was like, "There, it's a it's a South South Korea dev," and I was like, yep. "I, I was like, okay, um, yeah, I was like, that's sweet. sick," and I was like, I literally was in you know was in my backpack. I was like, "That's fine by me." 
Yeah, no, I think Demon School runs on it, and so does World of Horror. So excellent, excellent. And who was it that you guys mentioned that uh, they didn't quite, uh, they weren't kind of planning on it running, but it runs fine? Um, Or was that the uh, other? That was the company that we met, the dudes that we met at the that meetup. They were like, like, "Hey, does it work on Steam Deck?" They're like. I mean, it's not verified, but it runs perfectly. We're like, all yeah. right, cool. Roots of, like Roots of Paca or yeah, Pacha. Pacha, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Pax East is great. Already looking forward to next year. Uh, apparently, the um, it's going to fall on, from the rumors are, it's falling on the same time frame, same weekend next year. So the 21st through the 24th. Um, and then in 2024, it's apparently in May. What? Yeah, it's going to be in is that May. A, is that a rumor? That's the that's what's sort of booked because they I guess they they ended up extending it to 2028. So they have um, that's the rumored timing, but in May, which is wild. I'm like, we're, you're gonna have jorts, man. It's gonna be great, dude. I would love for it to be in May. <laughs> hey, happy yeah, 50th dude. packs. Happy 50th packs. That was a good time. Yeah, no, but uh, we'll know for the record books better for next year. Uh, but no, it was a good time. Everybody had a good time, and we'll uh, we'll. We'll do our PAX GPT party, whatever we're going to call it next year, because we set some records. You're on the short list now. Yeah, we're on the short list for our annual parties. Uh, But no, good time. And uh, definitely look forward to doing this all over again. With that said, I have a quick bit of show and tell before we sign off. I didn't get to show up before uh, I went to PAX East, but um, you guys know this. You guys know this thing, right? This is the Switch, right? The, is that a is that a a the Nintendo Switch? It is a, a the Nintendo Switch. All right, this is what it looks like, right? Without the without the case, uh, okay. without, the, without the, the controllers, the Joy Cons. Well, <laughs> ew, yucky. I know. It just looks like a. Um, I res- I bought oh, something, no. or something in the mail, and I got this thing. Right. Oh God. Check this. The Nixie. Which um, you know, you could pop these these off into it. It's actually really oh, it was weird. in sixty four controller. No, no, no. I have that too. But, uh, <laughs> you pop these things off, which is which is kind of wild. But pop them off, and um, you have a this kind of weird little chunk in the middle. Stick them on the uh, stick them on the switch. So glad we demoed this before doing it live. Yeah, but um, they use uh, look at size this sucker. But they use the special type of what do they call those uh, the sticks the um, uh, not uh, not like the current Joy Cons that these are the magnetic ones that are uh, shit I forget the name of them uh, it's hollow something hollow sensor uh, something I forget what it is but they will never drift which is really nice um, and that's the reason I got it and it feels really good but it totally has that uh, you know has the the GameCube button layout um, it actually feels feels really nice from the sta- that standpoint um but it's just fucking massive it just makes the switch an aaron kelly size uh device which is just really funny but uh, no it's they did a good job of designing this thing um i've been using it to play uh catch up on my my monthly game completionism and uh it seems to be working really octopath well, traveler but... 2 have you cracked, cracked that one I haven't yet i'm still playing games from like the seven years ago but uh no um it's a cool device, and if you get a chance, if you are a Switch owner and you want something that it's better than the uh, the Joy Cons, this has an actual D-pad. Check that sucker out, and uh, the non-drift. Okay, calling that an actual D D-pad is not 
generous suspicious but no it uh it feels really well and it's gonna it it actually turns the the switch into something that's a little bit more uh, usable long term from uh, when you're staying on the couch but now the switch is the size of the steam deck which is also wild it's as as, as thick as well but uh, anyways the nixie um wizard Oh, here's the box. A Nixie Wizard. There it is. Yeah, Nixie Wizard. That's it. That's all I got. Um, just a little bit of show and tell. I know JJ wanted to get one of these suckers too, but he did not. So sucks to be him. He has died. Oh, yes. And in the mean, he's posting crap in our Discord. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Good job, JJ. Usually Zach's the one that does it. I can't make it, guys. I'm gonna. I fell asleep. Zach, you were posting memes nonstop. I was sleeping. No, just kidding. Um, with that, he can't, he can't stop I himself. In my sleep. Stop. <laughs> um, find us at sidequesting.com, sidequesting TV, and uh, on YouTube and Twitch at sidequesting on um, Twitter. As long as Twitter lasts, we'll be at Pack. Uh, we'll be at Pax East, but we'll also be at E3. Maybe whatever E3 is, we'll figure that out in the next few days. Um, you can find us individually at Dolly Demofsky. At Zach Quest, at Taylor Bliss, Sam is up there as well. Find us in uh, the Discord. My, I'm there. My Discord. Sam lurks in his own. My Discord. Discord. Uh, that's me. That possum is me. Um, in the Discord. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Join God, he's literally because that is uh, that is where we we go most of the time. You're gonna find us there with with good stuff. That being said, we'll see you in the next episode of the Side Quest. Charles is killing my head. Gonna take you now.